You're listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Aaron Walker, Sarah Som- Soma Sindaram, and Heather Dyer. Guess what they're cooking now? This episode of Three Kitchens Podcast is brought to you by InVentures, your front row seat to what's next. Register now for InVentures 2022, where you can learn share, and be inspired by the startups, entrepreneurs, investors, and global thought leaders who are redefining the future. InVentures runs June 1st to 3rd in Calgary and online, featuring more than 150 sessions, over 250 speakers, international keynotes, expert panels, startup pitch events, networking opportunities, and more. Reserve your pass now at InVenturesCanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S Canada.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Three Kitchens Podcast. I... Erin, the ever-curious walker, am your host, and I am joined by Heather MacGyver of the Kitchen Dyer. Hello, Heather. Hello. <laughs> she did a I'm very a bow. bow there. And Sarah, <laughs> turning scary to simple, Soma Sundaram. Did I do that Ooh. right? Oh. Oh. Sorry. I heard that. I was going to make a joke, joke about you calling me Simple Sarah again, but then she said my last name correctly. Right? Woot, woot. <laughs> What do Very they nice. call that? A backhanded compliment with a... <laughs> 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 and welcome to today's episode. Oh boy, well, it's going to be welcome. a fun one. Oh good. We I'm, like the fun ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped, yeah, but like Sarah has told me there's something she's got she's to share with everyone. So I've been making, um, you know, slow cook food in the slow cooker and I had to run out to go to Safeway because... I had to buy a $7 butternut squash that I realized I didn't have. <laughs> you can also buy <laughs> frozen butternut squash if it may be cheaper. I haven't looked at prices recently. Yeah, I but... just, I've, I've never done it before, so it just never occurred to me to just look for that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I popped out to Safeway and it was their opening day for their newly renovated store so I got like these coupons and a nice little bag and I was excited to be there and I'm usually not that excited for groceries so (laughs) it's a good experience and so I was just taking a look at the newly renovated space and uh, it looks nice and there was this big fridge looking apparatus next to the produce section and I had to stop and I'm like what is this and it's this modular unit and they have plants growing in it. Yes. And it was really cool. And and so I had to look them up and they are called InFarm and they are a Dutch company that promotes urban farming and modular vertical farming. Mm-hmm. And oh, what cool. their whole shtick is, is that um, with the rise of like, urban populations and being unable to sort of get certain produce to these urban populations. They have come up with these vertical modular units 
it's a controlled ecosystem and you can have different units. So you can have different controlled ecosystems for different plants Mm. that might not be available to grow all year long in your environment, wherever you're from, right? Right. Depending. So a lot of the things that they grow are tomatoes, leafy vegetables, lettuce, uh, mushrooms, herbs, and microgreens right now. Nice. That's what they deal with. You mean your basil didn't survive the four feet of snow that we got? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's remotely controlled, right? So by the the cloud, whatever the cloud is. Um, (laughs) And it's really cool. So like, why do this? So first of all, you can grow these vegetables and plants all year long. And then um, it's water and energy efficient. They claim 95% less water, 75% less fertilizer, 100% no chemical pesticides because it's a controlled environment. There are no Mm -hmm. pesky beings coming at them, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 90% less transportation costs and 99% less space. So Mm. these modular units are between 10 and 24 meters tall. And so they can actually grow 500,000 crops in a space of a living room. Because it's yeah. all stacked on top of each other. That's crazy. It's all stacked. Mm-hmm. So a uh, question. Yeah. Is it hydroponic or is it soil that they're grown in? They don't look like they're in soil, but they come with their roots and everything. So when you mm-hmm. buy it, you actually buy it as a plant, right? The growing plant. Now, do you go in there like it's a cooler and you open it up and you pull a plant out and you take it to the checkout and you buy it? Um, There was some outside of it. Um, But if you look at the picture that I took and we'll post it, um, it looks like whatever that's in the modular system has to be controlled. So I doubt it's going to be one of those things that you can open and close. You can't go into the system. So I Mm. assume they have somebody who harvests. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like that because the harvest, I guess, would be then placed outside the modular system. And that's what you can pick your... Those little plants. From. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right in front of the fridge or right, whatever right. it is. Yeah, it's so cool. So pretty cool, right? I don't know. I thought it was so cool. Well, I think we're starting to see more and more focus on urban farming because we're starting to realize just how hard it is to bring all of our materials and supplies outside into our large urban settings. And if we can produce things where we live, then it's a much more sustainable. Yeah, it's amazing. I want one of those. You can get ones. They look like a wine fridge or -hmm. like a bar fridge. I know. And they're little grow cases. For your house. Yeah. Inside your house. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I just don't know how how much energy it takes, but I just, I love the concept and Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you ever bought the living lettuce at the grocery Mm -hmm. store? It has like a root ball on it. Yes. And in the summer, I buy that and I plunk it in one of my flower planters out on the deck and it keeps growing and I just keep getting lettuce. And I have one in my fridge right now. It's sitting in a cup of water in the fridge. Nice. Oh. But I th- I'm thinking of putting it into a pot with soil and just down in my yeah. cat-free zone where the cat will watch <laughs> right. on it and see if I can keep it going. Yeah. And you can do that with green onions too because if you just keep yeah. that elastic around and you don't use the white end when you snip off the green right. tops, I put them in a shot glass <laughs> and just keep yeah. chopping it up with water in my kitchen window yeah. and I get double yeah. the greens. Yeah. Plants are so cool. Yeah. 
That's fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I like it when her episodes start with, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Well, I didn't think it was the rabbit hole I thought it was going to be until about mm, 45 minutes ago when I started doing some extra research. <laughs> Uh-oh. Huh. Okay. Left okay. a little late, didn't you? Fucking research, right? <laughs> I want to make something with ube. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it is a vegetable that you cook up and mash and it makes things purple. So you see purple cheesecakes and purple brownies. The first time I had ube flavored things, it was uh, these little ube cakes that Sarah buys. Where do you get those from? Co-op downtown. Mm-hmm. Or TNT. Ooh, where was I recently? Ooh, I was at the Pablo Cheese Tart Company place. Oh, right, yeah. And they had an ube flavored cheesecake tart hmm. that I nice. enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought, hey, that would be really fun to cook with. And so right. without doing any research, I went to the grocery store and they had purple yam. The sticker on it said Japanese yam. So I picked up a bunch and I found a recipe for how to start making this. And uh, the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to make what they call ube halaya or ube jam. And so you're going to boil them whole, you mash them, and then you're going to combine them with the recipe I have has evaporated milk, condensed milk, brown sugar, salt, and the mashed yam. And you're just going to cook it down until it gets really thick. They say until... Mm -hmm. When you slide your spoon across the bottom of the pan, it leaves a track. So you want it really thick. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. once it's thickened up, you add your butter, you mix it and stir it until it's all incorporated. So you're just finishing it with butter Mm because why not? That sounds great. Because why not? Yes. And uh, transfer it into a container and let it cool. (laughs) Simple. Although it did say that this takes a lot of work and oh you have to stir it constantly so it doesn't burn on the bottom and mm-hmm. it actually wasn't that hard so i've gone and i've made this ube halaya or ube jam this made about six cups of this jam so i have a whole okay. bunch of it how many ube yams uh, about a kilogram so 2.2 pounds Big. okay i didn't know purple yams were ube here's where we're gonna get into the Aaron did some research okay Uh-oh. oh no the glasses I have a are moving up my nose watch out friends. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of root like vegetables that are purple root like <laughs> just go with that no 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 Wait, <laughs> hang on okay so it's she, either she's a root gonna clarify or it's not a root Okay, I'm just going to say. <laughs> uh, just just go with me on root-like and you'll understand why. Okay. You think that this would be simple. There are a whole bunch of things that are root-like turn things purple. Is what I bought and made all of this ube halaya with, is it actually ube? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So as I started looking into ube and stuff, I was like, whoa, 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 let's just back up this boat. Because I had a friend in university who... Mm-hmm. Every Thanksgiving, her dad tells this story about the yam and the sweet potato and how they're not the same thing and they're Mm -hmm. commonly mislabeled. Most people have never eaten a yam. They've only eaten sweet potatoes. Well, guess what also gets to jump on the boat of mislabeled crazy... Ube. 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 So... So let's go back into this yam sweet potato uh, distinction. So sweet potatoes grow underground. They have a smooth skin, a soft sweet flesh. They're uh, they're related to carrots, 
and they are uh, found in South and Central America is where they originated. Mm -hmm. The yam is not a root. What? Apparently, oh. they grow off of vines above ground, but they look like a sweet potato or a potato. From the outside. From yeah. the outside. So that's why I said root-like because I don't even know what to classify it as. Okay, which one is orange in the middle? Uh, the sweet potato. Sweet potato. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what we have. So well, we always call those yams. For we always whatever. call them yams. So a yam, they have a tougher skin that is more like a tree bark. It is more closely related to hmm. uh, cassava or yucca. It has a dry flesh and they're not related to potatoes at all. They're not part of the nightshade family and they are native to Africa. And mm -hmm. most of what we get in North America is sweet potatoes. Different varieties of sweet potatoes, unless maybe the African grocer that you, we went and checked out there. Mm. Maybe they carry actual yams. Yeah, I grew up eating purple yams. Like ah. when I came here and I was like, oh, why are the yams different colors? Oh, there must be a different kind of yam. So here's the thing. So yams and mm. sweet potatoes, we now understand are completely different things. Mm -hmm. um, Japanese sweet potatoes are labeled in stores as Japanese yams, but they are not yams. They are okay. sweet potatoes. <laughs> 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 oh god oh, okay do you see why i just love research so much confuses you more it's not a it's not a yam it's a sweet potato but okay. we label them as a yam right. the purple one the purple one <laughs> there's also an okinawa <laughs> sweet oh, potato god. that it originated <clears throat> in hawaii and mm -hmm. it is white skinned on the white. outside and okay. purple on the inside oh right. yeah yeah that right. is a yeah. That's called the Okinawa sweet potato. The Japanese sweet potato is purple on the outside, purple on the inside. Oh, look, she has a prop. I got my props with it because I was like, what is the thing I bought? <laughs> it is a Japanese sweet potato, but the sticker when I bought it said Japanese yam. Mm -hmm. Ube is more closely related to taro. Uh -huh. Which is a root, is it not? It is a root. Well, at least I got one, right? Yeah, there you go. Ding, ding. Chances of finding fresh or raw ube in North America is slim to none. Wow. You can buy it frozen or you can buy ube extract. But man, should you see people talk up the ube that they made out of their sweet potatoes. <laughs> well, so they're not making ube. They're making halaya out of sweet they're potatoes. They're making sweet potato halaya. So they taste very similar. It's more, again, it's got rougher, tougher skin. It's not mm -hmm. easy to peel. Mm -hmm. And uh, like the yam that we just talked about, and it's more like a tree bark on the outside. So you went to all this trouble of making the jam. <laughs> Back to ube halaya. <laughs> We're just going to go with it because okay, good. you can use a Japanese sweet potato in a similar way. It just won't have the exact same flavor as the ube. But it's similar. It is still sweet. It is quite similar in flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. ube has more of a pistachio and vanilla notes in it, Ooh. whereas a purple yam will not. I am not a sweet potato yam connoisseur. Is this like when people talk about wine tasting like this and that? And I'm not the sommelier of potatoes here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how people come up with these things because I've grown up eating purple yams and ube all my life and you know I would never have said oh you guys ube has more of a pistachio and vanilla note to it. <laughs> well when you don't like what I make you can just say 
it was really missing. <laughs> That's what you can say. They taste very similar because in Singapore, we grew up with purple yam desserts. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of ube desserts. I think you're on the right track. I've never tasted any of it. Any of the purple. Any of the purple colored. Or foods. root adjacent. <laughs> yeah, I've never tasted any of these, these things that look like a root and make things purple. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't tasted I any know. of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, <laughs> I've officially lost my marbles today. Yeah. <laughs> and as I did this research, I was like, oh, good God, this is related to the stupid yam potato fight that there always is. Yeah, All right. right, right. <sighs> so... I've gone ahead and made the sweet potato halaya or sweet potato jam with the purple sweet potato. Do you that hear I that, have. listeners? Not ube and not, not ube. yam. <laughs> I had to think of that. <laughs> potato. It looks like a sweet potato. Walks like a sweet potato. Talks, talks like, like a sweet, a sweet potato. potato. <laughs> but does it turn things purple? It makes purple. So let's just go with it. <laughs> So are you going to tell us what you're going to make with this? Or I am. We... So before we leave, I'm going to give you a quick uh, <laughs> tease of something I do know. <laughs> because I wasn't really sure and clearly hit some obstacles here with this ube business, I'm going for some simple recipes. I'm going to take a note out of Sarah's book here, and it's going to be really I was just going to say, guys, I didn't say the word simple. <laughs> she said the word simple, so. I've got two recipes. Because I have a ton of sweet potato jam that I've got to do something with. First thing I'm going to make is some ube muffins. But let's be clear, these are sweet potato muffins. <laughs> let's just call everything uh, the purple. The purple. There we go. We're now going to refer to all things that make stuff purple as just purple. So I'm going to make the purple muffins. And it takes a whole cup of purple jam plus two teaspoons of ube extract. And I'm happy to say I have ube extract because my wonderful co-host Sarah saw some at the store and knows that I was going to take this on eventually and bought me some. So I've got the ube extract that should be the low-hanging fruit here. It's just a muffin. (laughs) The low-hanging root. Root-like. Low-hanging root-like. Oh my god, not even. Low-hanging root adjacent. (laughs) I believe it's the uh, full. Purple. The purple. Purple. Oh god. I'm also going to make some purple crinkle cookies. Oh, yum. You know crinkle cookies, don't you, Sarah? No, I I don't. Uh, I may have. It's a cookie that's... uh, very greasy that you roll in icing sugar before you put on the baking pan and then when it spreads out it has like kind of a cracked crinkled white top you've had them at at christmas time i bet okay so i'm gonna make a purple crinkle cookie it also takes a cup of purple jam and it also has ube extract and i'm hoping because these recipes contain so much of the purple jam that I've made that we will have a okay. sense of what purple tastes like. What this tastes like? What this right. tastes like. Because we had no idea with this persimmon when I tried making this pudding that right. I was like, you know what? I'm going for something that I know what a cookie tastes like. I know what a muffin tastes like. I want one that's flavored with 
this ingredient. And because this has the extract and the jam, I think I'm hoping. Wait. So Aaron, and I just sort of wanted to clarify. Please ask me questions. I know it all. <laughs> <laughs> the recipe calls for the jam as well as the extract? Yes. And I think it just okay. increases the flavor of the purple. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! You really you got to get the full purple flavor. Yeah, yeah. Just (laughs) so I really love cooking and baking with sweet potatoes. I think you know this is a purple sweet potato. It's gonna have some different flavors in it, and I think that'll be delicious to try. And it's not ube, but it says it tastes similar to it. So we'll just have to compromise with what we get at the store. Are you suggesting that? all these sites that and you know ube ube baking has come up it's like the new thing i don't mm-hmm. know why because when it's been there forever but because it's sexy on instagram it looks cool that's it what looks it is. so it's purple. awesome it's purple Purple's so sexy but are you saying that all these sites that claim that they they are making ube cake are not making ube are you accusing all of these bakers of i'm accusing the wool people over of maybe not knowing maybe they don't know because they're right. going to the store and they're buying the thing that says purple yam and they're going "Ooh, ube is That's a purple ube. yam and they're picking it right. up and going i'm gonna bake this and share it with my friends and tell them all about it on my podcast and now they look like an idiot <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to make a shameless plug because the reason why these podcasts make these huge errors is because they don't have a nerd on their team like Aaron. (laughs) That's right. Obviously, we are the superior podcast. (laughs) Well, I just love how like the grocery store has them in like three different places Mm -hmm. and every three different names. Yeah. So I would say be cautious of what you think is a yam versus a ube versus a sweet potato. There is a lot of misconception out there. It's hard to tell from pictures on the internet, but based on what they're describing to me, I'm pretty sure I don't have ube. And I'm pretty sure I don't have a yam. Stay tuned and find out what purple tastes like. This episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device. Make it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Hello, hello. Welcome back. The purple is upon us. The purple. Back to the purple. <laughs> Here we are. Back to purple land. Well, I had so much fun making this. Whatever I have in my fridge and whatever I made is now a staple essential ingredient, according to me. Yeah. I, okay. I have to always have this in my life oh, now. So interesting. I love this so much. Can we talk first about the jam? Yeah. Yes. Let's okay. start there. The jam is a staple because I want to put it in all the things. Everything. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and it was called halwa. Oh. Ube halaya. Halaya. That's right. it. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. I have not looked that up. So if it's 
Halaya or Halaya. <laughs> I have no idea. Halaya. <laughs> Tasty. It's purple. It's just purple. Let's can we just purple. call it purple? Yeah. It's the purple jam made yep. from the most likely a sweet potato. As yes. far as <laughs> a purple sweet potato. That's purple, right. Most likely sweet potato made. If you take one of the other sweet potatoes, you will not get purple out of it. No. You will just get something else. You could get orange jam. Or oh. white or whatever the other one. You know, like. I have. So sometimes, <laughs> I feel like this is mean to add this in here. Sometimes the orange fleshed sweet potatoes are called kumara. Have you heard of this? Stop it. That's enough. No. No, and this stops now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a meanie. Anyway, I have a recipe for a Kamara spread that goes on muffins oh, that I'm just realizing. I'm oh. wondering, I should look up that because maybe I could compare the purple sweet potato jam to the orange sweet potato jam. Let's, oh, let's add some more layers of confusion. And I should have taken a picture when I was at the store on the weekend because it was like the people at Superstore were like, I have no idea what's what or who's who in this root oh, no. vegetable zoo. And I kid you <laughs> not, it was just like a scattering of purple, white, taro, cassava, just a big mound of root and root adjacent yeah. vegetables at Superstore with like 12 signs on the bottom. And it was oh. like, figure it out yourself. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> annoying. Which is <laughs> yeah. Take your guess, because nobody yeah. here knows. I was like, well, yeah, clearly Superstore is feeling the vibe too. Somebody gave up. <laughs> I also went to my Filipino friends and asked them some questions. Yes. And I, you know, sort of the ones that have lived there. Yeah. And by the end of that conversation, I'm like, nobody really does know. No, oh, you're even more confused. <laughs> so, I, you know what? Purple. I like it. Let's go purple. I'm purple. so glad that we could take this and just muddle everybody up. <laughs> so I hope you've enjoyed our muddling. But what was great was that you did not call it ube. Okay. So good for you. Aaron. Okay. Yay. Right. That's apparently important. That is important because you don't want to make an assumption. Their stuff ube, and it's probably sweet potato, and I don't like it. But you oh. don't get that kind of crap from Sweet Kitchen's podcast. No, we That's are right, nothing so. if not factually correct and right. perfect in our pronunciations. Yes. <laughs> you had we to are, add the second part. Yes. <laughs> you just had to throw that in there, Heather. We are all that. Well, Sarah, what did you think of the jam? I want to know. Aaron obviously loved it. What did you think of it? So you said that this jam was a staple in your fridge. This jam cannot be a staple in my fridge because <laughs> she gave it to us to make muffins and cookies out of. And I ate the whole thing with a <laughs> spoon and it cannot come back into my house because oh. it, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. My kids shockingly did not. But my husband and I liked it. And as yeah. soon as he said he liked it, I took it away from him and then went to a corner in my house and ate it. So I have nothing to make muffins and cookies with because it's gone. Uh oh. I, I have a little something to read to you. Can you? <laughs> oh my God. Purple Jam by Dr. Seuss. Let me Are just you... read a quick, a quick little story. <laughs> Aaron's losing it. I'm just like, I'm so losing my mind. We can take a picture if we want, maybe post it on one of I our posts. So. Okay. Purple jam. I do not like this, Aaron, my friend. Purple <laughs> jam, I can't recommend. It's not persimmon level gross, 
but I would not like it on my toast. <laughs> I would not call this jam the goat. I do not want it in my throat. You can try it if you wish, but I wouldn't call it too delish. There you go. Story so you didn't like over. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not like that jam. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Mm, mm. And the more I was like, with the aftertaste, I was can like, Can you give no. it back to me? Can you give no, yours no. to me? No, no, no. Because I want to bake it into something. Oh, okay. I did not like it plain. That's what my poem was saying. It's just hard to rhyme words like <laughs> by itself. <laughs> anyway. That was very All cute, right. Heather. <laughs> We have to take a picture of that yeah. and post it. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. So was it texture or flavor? Flavor. Flavor. It was the earthy. The pre-Hemingway earthy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I said, is this what pre-Hemingway earthy tastes like? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So I have put it on my toast. Yeah. I think that I like it the most. <laughs> I love it. Cute guys. <laughs> I have called it the Nutella of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. What? That's it's so good. No. That's it's my, so good. I'm going to call it. Yeah. That's purple Nutella. Ooh, so funny. It's so funny, Heather, because as soon as my kids said they didn't like it, I realized that this might just be like some people are going to love it and some people are not. It's just going to be one of those things. I would not have loved these flavors as a child, but because I was made to eat it as a kid, yes. now I just, I love these flavors, right? Yeah. Interesting. All right. The first one I want to talk about is these ube muffins, which now based on the jam review, I'm going to assume weren't Heather's super favorite. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I love the muffin. I didn't love the hit of jam in the middle of that it. That was the best part of it. <laughs> that muffin. was the best. Yes, I agree. <laughs> okay. So I, I had agree. no idea. I was really excited when I started doing this muffin recipe because I had I put so much effort into this research on what the fuck am I eating that I didn't realize that this muffin was a jam filled muffin mm, until I started making it. it yes. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like I was so excited. This muffin recipe made, I think 24 muffins. I think. Oh, wow, okay. Mm. For the muffins, you mix together your milk, sugar, oil, eggs, and ube extract. Mm -hmm. So after you mix together your wet ingredients, you're gonna mix together your dry ingredients, which are flour, baking powder, and salt. And so you take those and you add your dry ingredients to your wet ingredients and mix it so that it stays lumpy. Oh, lumpy, okay. Because hmm. you want a lumpy batter. You don't want to okay. overmix. Right. That's okay. pretty typical for a muffin, I find. And then using a cookie scoop or a spoon, I used my ice cream scoop and just kind of did half. Okay. You put a scoop of your batter. I used my little cookie scoop to put your scoop of ube jam. And then you put <gasps> another scoop of batter on top. Okay. And so the ube jam cooks in the middle of your muffin. And there's also a sweet coconut topping on top of these muffins, which is a mixture of flour, sugar, shredded coconut, and butter. So you melt the butter, you add it into that, and you mix it all up, and you just sprinkle that on top. <laughs> I have extra leftover, so I have been eating toast <laughs> with a lot of purple jam and the sprinkled coconut <laughs> topping on top. Yeah. That nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in heaven. I love these muffins. This is like a bake shop treat for me. I've already made the kids a second batch of muffins for their lunches because they weren't, they ate around the jam in the middle. And I was like, mm -hmm. what's wrong with you? <laughs> and <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> and so 
I have been eating these for breakfast. I have been eating these as bedtime snack. I am eating through these muffins because I feel I an, love another Doctor Seuss poems about to come. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat these muffins on a boat. I'll meet, eat eat these muffins right. with a goat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I am really happy, even though the purple flavor isn't Heather's favorite. This tasted like the thing I wanted to taste unlike the persimmon pudding where Mm -hmm. it was for Uh, what was my question so for the muffins yeah how much of that jar did you use in the recipe it says a cup of ube jam Okay. You can always kind of adjust that, I think, okay. to to whatever quantity you have. Right. So okay. one cup total, that includes the scoops in the middle? The batter didn't have anything no. in it except for the extract. I kind of wanted to bring up that point anyway, just in case it wasn't clear. Mm. So the ube extract was in the muffin batter. The ube jam was only the little dot in the middle. So what made the muffin itself purple? The extract. What do you think they make the extract out of? Is it made it out of... It says ube extract extract ube. on it ube. but then again okay i'm assuming they have to know what they're <laughs> sorry anyway. we shouldn't have gone down this path again <laughs> anyway so the the extract was what was in the muffin so the muffin would have tasted very ube ish ish right i love the muffin itself love that and i thought with the streusel sort of topping was like perfect because it was a balance of that more what I would say more like vegetable sort of flavor with like sweetness and I thought that paired perfectly can I just say one more thing for my review about the jam yeah that I forgot to say uh, because I grew up with these flavors 100% that was sweet potato like you could totally taste it because yams do not have that kind of sweetness first of all and that kind of oomph I I find like sweet potatoes are more full-bodied and like yam Mm -hmm. is like a little bit blander than a sweet potato yeah you could totally totally tell that was a sweet potato halaya purple purple so when I finished making all these muffins, I was like, damn it, I can't believe I decided to do two recipes. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not give up. So the crinkle cookies that I made, they were the favorite for the children. The recipe is flour, baking powder, salt, sugar. It says seven ounces or one cup of ube jam, canola oil, eggs, ube extract, and then confectioner sugar or icing sugar that you roll them in at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are a different cookie. I don't know if I've ever made a crinkle cookie before, but usually cookies have butter in them. So it was interesting that this had oil in it. Mm. Um, I use sunflower oil instead of canola oil. And I made up the batter, which was more like a cake batter. And then I read on the instructions, place in fridge for four hours covered or overnight. And I went, oh, dang. I hate when you miss that part and then you're like, I don't actually have time Always to do that. read ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I should know by now. I cut that down to two hours and I put it in the freezer. Okay. <laughs> it was a really sticky dough. In between batches, I had to wash my cookie scoop. I had to keep it in the freezer. Like this stuff was like goop. When you make the chocolate ones, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same. Okay. Mm. You have to refrigerate it. It's sticky. It's kind of tough to work with. Yeah. So you have to roll that sticky stuff in the sugar before so you bake it? Once you get it out of the cookie scoop into your hand and you give it a quick little roll in your hand to make it a ball, it doesn't stick to your hands because it's a really greasy batter. Right, but my cookie okay. scoop kept yeah. getting jammed up on it and I was like... Tick, tick, 
trying to like oh, get okay. it all out. And so I'm sure if I would have refrigerated it overnight, it would have been much easier to work with. That being said, as soon as you rolled it into a little ball and plopped it around in the sugar, worked out perfect. They spread nicely. I loved them. Oh, okay. I loved them. I was like, give me more cookies. This is why I'm not giving you, Sarah, my purple jam, even though I don't want to eat it plain. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make cookies. I, I would make muffins too. I would totally, I loved it. In there. It's a good thing you're not giving me a purple jam <laughs> with what I did with the spoon and then went and hid somewhere in the house and just. <laughs> I find this so interesting because yep. Heather loves the beets, which are pre-Hemingway earthy. Yes. I know. Yes. And Sarah I know. does not. It's true. So the fact that the purple has switched your... <laughs> positions it's very interesting that's true and i thought i would like it because i do like mm -hmm. beets mm -hmm. although i've never had like a beet jam i don't know what that would be like no ideas here out of your head please out of your head <laughs> <laughs> oh i know what i'm doing next oh good god <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to write a dr seuss book about that <laughs> I loved both the cookies and the muffins, but I really loved the muffins. Yeah, that would be my, uh, the, the cookies, I think are a great cookie. Yeah. Cookies are never my go-to thing. Like if I'm at a sweet shop or a bake shop, I'm never mm -hmm. like, Ooh, I want to try the cookies here. Mm -hmm. Like that's never something I jump onto. So, I mean, cookies are wonderful and delicious, but they're never my favorite. A muffin right. that is that decadent. Yeah. With the jam inside it was... Wow, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in the future, you can just make cookies for me. You guys okay. can eat the muffins. And you know what else? I, I just really love the purple color in all of it. Like, yeah, it was very pretty. Like, it makes beautiful baked mm -hmm. goods. You know, yeah. like it just looks different when you open it, like when you kind of cut it in yeah. half, because the outside is kind of brownish. But then mm -hmm. when you open it, it's like this bright, beautiful, yeah, it's so beautiful, purple, kind of like mm -hmm. the Ande Ande cake was had that beautiful, bright color. Good job, Erin. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really happy that you did this episode. I mean, <laughs> uh, and you know, like even just the fact that now we know that we don't know. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's a start. Yeah. Yamgate. It's a purple chapter. <laughs> and now for the fine print. We at Three Kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 Nations in Southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. We honor the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. Congratulations! This is the best muffin I've ever had!